0: Hello and welcome to the Business of Data podcast. My name is Catherine King and I'll be your host. In this podcast, we chat to senior executives from a range of departments, industries and functions all about their passions, experiences and challenges within data analytics. Let's go ahead and dive straight into today's episode. Hello everyone and welcome to the Business of Data podcast brought to you by Corinium. This week we're talking all about data democratization, specifically how eBay are encouraging everyone to use data. And considering we're talking about eBay, it makes sense that my guest this week is Ashita Majumdar, who's the VP of Data Analytics Platforms for eBay. Now, if you haven't had the pleasure of meeting Ashita, just a few intro facts to get you up to speed. Ashita has been with eBay since July 2014. And during her time at eBay, she's worked within a number of roles, including the president of eBay Women in Tech, uh, in addition to her regular role as global head of core tech products. Products. Now, if you can't find Ishita at her work desk, you'll most likely find her in a coffee shop breeding. Ishita, it's lovely to have you joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you, Catherine, for the great introduction.
1: And um, I'm excited.
0: Well, I'm glad you're excited because as am I, data democratization, the big topic we're going to be diving into today is such a a popular one at the moment. People are keen to, to hear about it. I've read lots of 2022 trends of articles recently, and it keeps propping up there. So I'm excited uh, to dive into that. But before we uh, go into the meat and bones of our conversation, I am keen to learn a little bit more about that previous role. Anyone who who's listened to the podcast frequently knows I'm a big supporter of anything women in. And uh, being that you were the president of eBay's Women in Technology, I want to know a bit more about what that was about.
1: Oh yes, absolutely. Um, This is something very close to my heart. And um, when I was selected to lead the eBay Women in Tech, um, I brought in my passion and my way of uh, creating a safe and trusted environment so that we can enable women to grow professionally and personally. So what we created was a hub and spoke model because remember eBay is a global company. So while uh, the core group of uh, Ewit, which was eBay Women and Tech, uh, we made sure that we fundraise, we had the budget. We made sure that we aligned on the strategy of Ewit, as well as the communication uh, in different forums and then the spokes of the model which were distributed across about 41 chapters across the world they aligned not only with the strategy but they, they came up with their own form customized ebit for that particular country whether it's israel or china or india or canada and that worked great because it had autonomy and it uh, at the map all of us were enabling women to grow professionally, whether through lean-in groups or speaker series or role models or mentoring. We created a very rich mentoring community, but at a micro level, um, for example, Israel started this uh, training women had left work for whatever reasons and want to come back, how do you train them to get a job in the tech community once again? Uh, The Salt Lake chapter started a computer science program for STEM kids, which was emulated by other chapters as well. There was a lot of cross-pollination when some worked in one place. And soon enough, the two-week computer camp, which we organized, became a global thing. Uh, I led it for three years. I stepped down to pass on the baton to some very, uh, very accomplished, passionate DEI champions in the company. I'm very closely associated with that, uh, with the uh, organization still, and as an advisory capacity. But in the heart of heart, I am um, diversity, passionate cheerleader. I am uh, advising and mentoring. Uh, kids especially girl students on the importance of stem i'm on the advisory board of a organization called nerdy girl success i'm associated (laughs) with uh, something uh, an entrepreneurship organization called girl leadership academy meetup so uh, i'm there uh, on a title may have a step
0: down but I'm,
1: i'm still there in in head and heart
0: Amazing. I love that that context because I think uh it's it's certainly a theme within my guests. I don't know there's a bit of bias from myself that there tends to be a bit of a passion around diversity and inclusion, but I love the fact that, that the work you were doing there was not only at a professional level, but personal level as well. Really building everybody up, um, which which I love because I'm going to make the caveat, and it's gonna and it's going to work well. But when it comes to any challenges in data analytics, there needs to be such a focus on people. I know we tend to talk about people, process, technology. For me, people always comes first, and I think when we've got someone like yourself, a shooter who's a leader who's so people minded, you know you're going to have success in these other challenge areas. So with that, let's 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 set the scene. What does data democratization currently look like within eBay?
1: Let's start that topic with talking about people. Um, There are various personas in the eBay world. If you look internally at the eBay, you have the data scientists, you have the software engineers, data engineers, you have product management, program management, um, you have the business team, um, and you have what we call the product teams, teams who are leading the search, the checkout, the payments, and then HR legal. Every entity is important. Uh, Traditionally, data was considered an asset or something only engineers worked with. That is, oh, data scientists need data to run their uh, algorithms, to build models and give insights. Um, Oh, data engineers need data because they're going to take the raw data and they're going to curate it in some form which is consumable. And that was a traditional thinking. Today, the thinking is much more widespread, meaning everybody needs data not only do the sql savvy people need data and access data and they can do it because they know how to write sql they are uh, they can write queries they can use tools to uh, access the data and then you know um, normalize it they they have all those tools they have been trained but what about if, I, if i'm a product manager what about if i'm a program manager i'm not a sql savvy person how do i access data and when we Started asking those questions, we realized, especially my team realized, we have to build tools where you can write a query in an English language, mm-hmm. and under the hood, the query should be the English language should be translated into a SQL query or a or a Hadoop query wherever the data resides. It's it's uh, uh, there should be an abstraction layer which which translates that. But as a user, I should be able to. On two or three buttons, or write a simple English query which says, Give me all the shipping items which were delayed in the month of December 2021. And anyone can write that. Yeah. And therefore, uh, onus on our team, on my organization, became far more than just d- delivering platforms and tools for the analyst community, the data scientist community. The onus now became, what about the non-analyst community? Mm-hmm. What about the non-tech savvy community? What about the executives? Executives just want a dashboard of the right data in the right format. Uh, they don't have time. And they, they are probably in a meeting where somebody asks a question and they want to pull up a, a data uh, snapshot of the day. So, one of the, and, and um, uh, we can talk more later, but one of the areas where I'm concentrating more this year is can we democratize data for the non tech savvy population? Can we make sure we build the tools and the platforms in such a way that it's easy to access, it's easy to understand, it's easy to create charts and the visualization that is ultimately most people understand data?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's really interesting to hear this take that you're, you're bringing data analytics, data science to the business as opposed to bringing bi- the business to data analytics. Because very often we talk about data literacy and upskilling people's uh, knowledge and even, you know, training them in SQL, Hadoop or whatever language it is that, that you're working. In. But actually, this is flipping it in reverse and saying, actually, let's keep the business doing what they need to do and speaking in a language that they understand as you mentioned with those questions there we we all understand the information you're trying to gain but actually setting it up in a way that data analytics is working for them rather than uh, them having to to skill and train that's a really interesting and, and fresh approach and I, i'm going to ask the question why did you do it that way as opposed to the other way around In kind of that data literacy and, and training them in sql was there that conversation And why did you opt for one over the other
1: we did try we did try the first method which is uh, we have a um, analytics university within my organization series of courses uh, number of teachers uh, a lot of voluntary time of, uh, of the teachers are uh, people in my team mm. the teachers are um, analysts and, and data engineers in the company and we realized it's not scalable a we have two hours two years of training and everyone attended the class and everyone Uh, did a tick, as well as like a completion, Mm -hmm. but in practice, they were still nervous. In practice, Mm -hmm. they said they had so much there. A product manager's job is so comprehensive that if they have to give time to write very, very complex SQL queries um, and get access to data, it's almost like a two-person job, and we are Mm -hmm. putting it in one person. Rather, I talked to my team and I said, what if we take the data to the customer where the customer belongs and whatever persona they are? Mm-hmm. We will modify our tools based on the persona rather than pushing the persona to modify himself or herself, which we yeah. tried, by the way, to, uh, to accept the tool. Tools should be easy to use. Nobody needs a tutorial to go on Facebook. Nobody needs a tutorial to go mm-hmm. on Twitter. Um, anybody can use it. And and I brought that thinking to say that we are going to uh, make sure that we create an abstraction layer on some very, very complex tools. It's going to be easy for anyone in the company, whether you can write SQL, or you don't write SQL, but anyone who wants to access data can do so in an Easy manner. And that abstraction layer should be our responsibility. Now, there are many people who would just want to use that. They want to go deep sequel, which is great. That option is also there. I'm, I'm not taking that away from anybody. But there are more people who don't want to write a sequel, who don't want to deal with uh, what a data normalization is, or how do you find out what if data is complete or not, or how do you find out if all the uh, PII data, or the personal data, has been um, is make sure make sure that is uh, confidential and that is encrypted. No, lo- most people don't want to deal with those yeah. questions. So we said, as a platform team, we will take care of that, and we will give give you an an um, user interface, and a visualization engine, which can cater to your needs.
0: Yeah. Are you wanting to meet with other senior executives in the data and analytics space? In an environment that is created for connection and inspiration? Then why not join one of our in-person conferences? We have events all over the world, and you can find out the ones closest to you by visiting coriniumintelligencecom events. Yeah, for me, it's, it sounds very similar when, when you go and buy a car, very seldom rare. Do you, you know, you, you get those people who are really into it. They want to know all the engine specs. They want to know everything about the model and make of a car. For me, I just want to know, is it going to get me from A to B? And is it going to be really expensive to fuel up every month? And I think that's kind of where where the approach here with the business users, isn't it? It's a case of most people just want to know, is it manual or automatic? And, uh, you know, the, the kind of top speeds. we're not going to get into the, the nuts and bolts of, of the engineering behind it. And I think that's a, a good analogy for, for where we are now. We, we've spoken about kind of the, the journey you've been on, but I'm keen for, for our audience, Ashita, we have uh, listeners dialing in who uh, will be on a range of journeys, range of experiences. And I'm keen to know right at the start when when you were beginning this project, what were the aspirations in a sense of what you wanted to achieve with data democratization? What was kind of the overall goal? And then compared to where you are now, is that the same goal that you've achieved or has it have you had to be flexible and shift in that journey as well?
1: That's a great question. And um, when I first took this uh, responsibility and when I took this job of uh, being responsible and being the custodian of all eBay data. That's in a nutshell what my team does. Um, It was a huge responsibility, right? With with, uh, great data power comes great data responsibility. And I don't take it lightly. Um, When initially the thinking in my team was very much an engineering team thinking. So if you ever went and asked a team member, what do you do? Uh, The answer would be, oh, I build X, I build Y. I build Z. And you wouldn't understand where X and Y and Z are because they are fancy data names and they're internal eBay names. Uh, One of the things which my directs and I, we we meet a lot, we had a lot of offsites and I wanted to change the thinking from this I build, build X to a thinking which says, I enable customer A. So what I, in in a nutshell, it is technology-driven thinking to a customer experience-driven thinking, which is enabled by technology. Technology is the next question. The first question is, what is the value to the customer? And the next question is, in order to give the value, what do I build? So you see how, how I flipped it? Originally, the team was, I build X. Oh, by the way, X will help a data analyst to access data fast to to make sure that data is uh, standard and, and quality, et cetera. And now I'm saying, I am going to enable a product manager to access the top 10 data metrics. Therefore, I need to build a tool where a product manager can come in and easily write an English query Mm -hmm. and get access to those 10 metrics in a visualization form of a pie chart or histogram or or something fancy. And it took us a while, but now that the entire team, team is driven towards customer experience driven thinking, it has just opened up this world of the value, the purpose, why you come to work, what is the purpose mm. that, what is the impact that you do? And they are excited because now they are connecting what they do to a direct customer experience and a business impact. Yeah, And that's one of the biggest cultural changes I had to go through, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't happen overnight. It, <laughs> happened, it happened slowly, one by one, uh, when you take an engineering community and you say that, think customer first and then build versus build first and then say, hey, customer, use it. Mm-hmm. And that was a cultural change, a process change, a, a, a thinking change. So it was really, uh, we took a snapshot of how we think and we thought again and we have come into this good sense of, How do we enable the customer? Therefore, we need to build X, Y, and Z. Yeah.
0: I love that. And as you say, certainly not a change you would have experienced overnight and it would have been a gradual uh, mindset shift for, for everyone involved in a way of working. But also, as I say, that mindset. Um, now, if, if anyone uh, listening has ever been trained in research, you, you often hear the phrase, what keeps you up at night? Now, any of these sorts of changes are due to challenges, right? There's going to be things that keep you up at night. And you've mentioned there about the customer experience and the kind of disjoint between what you were doing versus what you were getting out of it in terms of value. but I know from uh, chatting to you previously, Ashita, there was, you know, kind of physical things getting in the way as well, like the, the turnaround on query times were just so delayed compared to what they are now. And I wondered if you could uh, speak for, for a moment to those challenges that you were experiencing before you rolled out this successful uh, project.
1: Yes, the challenges, risks, issues are, are going to be there. They will never go away because we are transforming not only the tech stack we are transforming the culture, we're transforming the thinking. So let's go back to the tech stack. Um, I was leading this transformation of how to do extraction, loading and transformation of data from a process A to process B. And process A was a vendor related product, process B was a open source based Internal product. Okay. And one of the reasons I wanted to transform that was A, um, if we control the destiny of how that goes because we are not dependent on a vendor. B, of course, cost, uh, huge uh, cost savings. And C, um, we can now ensure that uh, process B, which is built on open source we will not only do it ourselves, we are going to give it back to the open source community. And there is always a sense of uh, take a problem, solve it, and then throw it over the wall so that anyone else can use it as well, because you solved it, Uh, don't keep it to yourself. And while we were going through this transformation, it required not only the the physical infrastructure, it it went up the stack, platform where data is coming in and data is going out. Are those pipes scalable? Because we are talking about huge amount of data. Then we go to the stack above, where is the data being organized in the right way, in the right tables for people to access? The fourth one, which is the, the most important one, I think, is querying of data fast, reliable, consistent, And then, of course, the last stack is the visualization of data helping everybody, not few. Mm -hmm. So we had to go through each one of these layers of the tech stack and ask ourselves, as we are going from A to B, is this going to be equal or better? And when we started the journey, uh, one of the uh, layers of the stack where we had a lot of challenges was the query latency. Uh, process A was very fast because it was a vendor, it was an experienced um, uh, stack. Uh, for 25 years old, they've optimized it and it was very, very fast. Now, when we are coming to process B, which is our own internal build process, we have to make sure that each of those queries was equal or better. So we spent a lot of time building the optimizations, building the uh, the other ancillary services which help in the optimization. That means your physical node should be faster. Your storage should be faster. Your processing should be faster. Those will help in the query being faster. And that is probably the biggest challenge in all of those layers we, I talked about but we did query by query. I think we have we have, uh, we ran about 250,000 queries because it was not enough to say, oh, 70% of the queries are working great and 30% mm-hmm. are not. No, no, no. You have to go query by query and tell us if it is equal or greater. If it is not equal, tell us why it is not equal and see if you can optimize it individual query at a level where the output is better so uh, even today uh, we will have issues about uh, some access capability not being there Mm -hmm. Um, somewhere where you can access the data but it would come out it's a null field it's blank what happened Uh, something didn't happen so it is a big pipeline there are many many parts we join to make a whole and when a user is accessing the data, it is going through this huge pipeline. And anywhere in that pipeline, you know, I, I think about uh, carriages in a train. There are many carriages which make up a train. And when you are, uh, the, the, the driver is thinking, like, oh my gosh, uh, I'm running late, each of those carriages might have a different experience. And we don't know that. We only see that the train is running late. We didn't go through each one of those carriages which had different issues. And it, it yeah. takes time to find out where the issues and how we can prevent it from happening again. But uh, that, that's also a, a good challenge, a good problem to have because we are constantly optimizing and we are constantly making sure it's getting better for an all-round experience of a train journey in this a data journey
0: absolutely very iterative learning as you go and, and building on that success and and not being scared of of analyzing it to find these things as well I think there can be a bit of a a pressure in some organizations that whether it's a case of budget or they've got a relationship with the c-suite that means they kind of need to be proving value and success all the time and there isn't almost that ability to say well actually this was either a slight misstep because of something or we need to adapt or we need to change kind of they're not able to do that but it sounds like you're in a position that that's really healthy in that way which is exciting and uh, I'm keen because we I know we're, we're rapidly running out of time and I think you and I could talk about this for so much longer, but given where you are with with that journey, where where do you want to go with it? That's where I kind of want to push the conversation. What's your your future aspirations with this or what do you think it could lead to in terms of, uh, I love the fact you're so customer centric, like every answer you've given me today, it's been customer minded and team member minded as well. So yeah, what's the future holding? I think I'm going to come back to customer.
1: I'm going to say that this year, Our focus is how do we make sure every eBay customer who lands on eBay has a personalized journey. That means the homepage that you Catherine should see when you land on ebay.com and the homepage I should see when I land on ebay.com should be different because Mm -hmm. your likes, your um, views, the searches, your transactions, yeah, the bought items, the sold items are very, very different from what I go through and what I browsed. And there's anything that we can do for our customers, and this, this is when I talk about our buyers and our sellers, is give them a personalized experience throughout the buyer journey, which starts with registration, search, browse, checkout payment and customer service. For a seller, it starts with listing, making sure that all the aspects of the listing are filled up, uh, shipping, um, the payment transaction. How do we make sure that we, we take every customer as an individual customer? I say a group of one. Every customer is a group of one and we individualize the experience for you as a buyer and seller. And the way to do it is getting insights from data because we are collecting all the data of your searches, watches, buys, sells. Well, we can mine that data, we can deliver insights and we can learn about your digital persona and serve you in a very individualized and personalized manner that's where i take the team towards yes we transformed from tech thinking to customer thinking Mm -hmm. now i want them to transform from a customer cohort thinking to a group of one customer individualized customer thinking and give them personalized experiences
0: and I think that's why I was so keen to have you on the podcast Ashita, because I think eBay is such a great example. I know we've had previous guests join from eBay as well to talk about different topics, but I think, banks and other i always pick on banks i'm not sure why i do apologize to the audience but if i think of a bank we all have a kind of similar relationship with a bank that we all go for various products whether it's a mortgage insurance or whatever it is that we're going for whereas as you say with ebay it can be so poles apart why someone might go in on there i mean personally for me i love my vintage jewelry my other half will be looking for lego That's a very different type of experience to be looking at. And as you say, having that personalized homepage that says, hey, Catherine, have you seen these new brooches have just been added to the auction space versus what someone else would see? I think you are in a position that this personalization is crucial for that customer experience as opposed to other brands and industries that can kind of get away with a more generalized experience. Whereas for me as a customer or seller, if I don't log in and see something that speaks to me, i could go somewhere else and we know that there are other platforms nowadays where you can do that and you know with social media increasing their marketplace capabilities there is a bit more pressure right than than there was previously
1: yes and you uh, summarized it so well you're absolutely right in a brick and mortar store uh, the generalization can still work on an online e-commerce platform it can't because you will come onto ebay You will land on the homepage and you'll say, what is all this? This is not who I am. And you go somewhere else. You will click on an ad and you will say, what is this? This ad doesn't speak to me at all. And you'll go somewhere else. So in order to onboard you and retain you and make you a loyal eBay buyer and customer, I have to speak to you. Mm -hmm. And in order to speak to you, I have to learn about you, know about you, which is through the data. And that's where the The value of data is up leveled from uh, raw data of you know bits and pieces of what did you buy what did you sell mm-hmm. how much did you pay uh, what did you browse all those bits and pieces when you unify it together and when you analyze it, you learn about a customer she's a sneakerhead she is a luxury uh, bags uh, buyer mm-hmm. he is a art buyer and a seller, and this art is vintage art so many things you'll learn and you can you can serve it in a way that you will come back again and again and again and that's what we want. We want yeah. customers, returning customers, new customers all the time to grow.
0: Yeah. And I think that the key, just, just before we go into our, our final question here, Chita, the key word that you've said there is learn, because I think there's so many brands that collect this sort of data, but don't do anything active with it, that, that you can become frustrated as a customer or user because you you go, you, you're shouting at your laptop. I'm again, kind of thinking e-commerce, here, saying you should know this about me. Uh, whereas what you guys are doing is actively learning and working on that to the point where you're taking that feedback on board and doing something with it. And I know uh, many people listening on the podcast will be aiming for the same thing. But, But we are rapidly running out of time. And the final question I always ask on the podcast, Ashita, is as our wonderful listeners go about the rest of their day, uh, wherever they may be listening to this podcast, what are the one or two things you want them to be thinking about as they leave us today?
1: Think about the power of data. Think about in whatever role you are, whatever you do, um, the digital data that all of us have access to, and we are collecting, and we are collecting anonymously, of course, giving you a complete respect for privacy, but the power of data will enable in every industry. Uh, I, I, can, uh, I only talked about e-commerce, but think about the power of data in healthcare. If we can identify uh, data attributes from for different kind of diseases and uh, different kinds of uh, treatment options, we are a better. Uh, the insights obtained from help us grow in healthcare, in um, data science using the the machine learning models and data science algorithms. Once you mine the data, the output is is. Tremendous, and I don't think of, I can't think of one industry where data does not touch, uh, where data cannot enable it to grow, Mm. and it may be with uh, data in combination with uh, math or computer science or AI, but data will be your base foundation. On top of it, there will be a number of tools and algorithms and models that are used, but the output is tremendous. So I would love love your audience. The one takeaway is sit for a moment and ask yourself uh, what you do and in your daily life, how data plays an important role.
0: Amazing. Ashita, it's always an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to catching up with you soon. Thank you so much, Catherine. I had a wonderful time. And catching uh, up with you soon too. We hope you enjoyed that podcast episode. Do be sure to subscribe and follow the Business of Data podcast wherever you're currently listening to ensure you're always first in line to the latest episode we'd also appreciate your review as well so if you are listening on apple podcasts please consider leaving us a review and as always find us on socials as well as heading over to the business data platform for more forms of great content including articles blogs and video until next time stay safe stay well and we'll see you real soon